So I'm just going to share something that's on my heart. I honestly don't have a sermon planned, but I do have a... Pa- yeah, 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 yeah. What's that? Uh, it looks like the children are staying up today. Is that right, uh, Evelyn? Are they staying up today? Oh, okay. Then, yeah, so Father, we just lift up our children. Let's raise our hands towards the children. Father, we lift them up today. May they be blessed downstairs with the lesson that you have given their teachers today, Lord God. Bless them and minister to them today. We lift them up to your children. May they, may they be like Ephraim and Manasseh, Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah, and Rachel. In Yeshua's name, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So I don't have a message today. I heard the applause. Thank you very much. But I do have a passion in my heart, which may lead me to speak even longer than a sermon. So there. Now I know who really loves me. So I, so many of us are going to the Messiah Conference this week. Susie and I will be heading out tomorrow. A couple of others will be heading out tomorrow. And it's the first Messiah Conference since 2019, actually, because it was closed down in 2020 because of COVID. It was closed down in 2021 because of COVID. And now 2022, it's back up and running again. So I'm very grateful and excited to go back. And it's a wonderful experience. And if anybody that's still thinking about going, uh, it's not too late. You could just head on down there and pay for your admission uh, right there at the desk. It's really just an amazing time to go and just be in the presence of the Lord and presence of Many, many people who just share the uh, common faith as we do, the Messianic Jewish faith. So it's a great experience. We're going down, and the morning sessions, what, the way the day is normally split up is that in the morning, there are teachings. So all the rabbis from all around the world, they, they do little teachings during the day. Uh, my slot is, is Monday at 10 in the morning. And I'll be doing a teaching from 10 to 11. And special note to, your future, to you future rabbis and pastors... That And us rabbis and pastors know this all too well, that it's, you really can't repeat sermons in, the, in your congregation, right? Um, that's kind of not kosher. Like, it's kosher and it's holy and it's set apart when it comes forth. But if you're just going to repeat it, unless I don't know, I give you something new, it's not holy and set apart anymore. But if you're going to visit some other place, go do something you already said. Keep it easy for yourself. And glory, hallelujah, that's what I'll be doing. And I gave a message here at some time ago about, uh, probably when we hit it during the Torah portion, about uh, leprosy. And that's what I'm going to be giving uh, the sermon on. I gave a sermon here about that. The lepers of the scripture, it's normally termed in English, lepers or leprosy. But in Hebrew, it's, it's the metzora. That's the one who has leprosy. The leper is called the metzora. And if you, anybody remembers my sermons, you remember that it's not just a physical sickness, but it's a spiritual sickness. Uh, people got leprosy because of their words from their mouth that were unholy. That's why Miriam got leprosy when she spoke against Moses' wife. She immediately got leprosy. And in the word, metzora, which is the word for leper. So you get to practice now for Monday. This is good. See? 
So the word for leper is metzora, and metzora is actually brings two words together. It brings the Hebrew word motzi, which means bring forth. We know that from the blessing we do over the bread, hamotzi, lechem in ha'ar. It brings forth bread from the earth, so motzi. And then the last syllable is ra, which is evil. So the metzora, which is the Hebrew word for the leper, actually means somebody who brings forth evil. And when we learn that, we realize then how much more meaningful it is that this leper, this Mitzora, had to be quarantined outside of the camp. Because he wasn't just spreading physical illness, he was spreading spiritual disease with his words. So that's why he had to be put outside the camp. But the Lord is so faithful. The Lord is so faithful. Because we see that the high priest, every seven days, which means every Shabbat, just goes and visits that one. Like he's an outcast to society. And if we read the story of the leper, and again, I've shared this many times. So sorry to bore you. Because you all look just so bored today. Just kidding. So one thing we learn about the leper is that he had to cover his mouth. And walk around screaming that he's unclean. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that verse. But he literally had to walk around like this. It's almost like... Ancient masks. And then he had to scream unclean. And how sad and almost pathetic and humiliating that is. Because the purpose of the lepers shouting unclean, unclean is to warn everybody to keep away. That he's contagious. He was an outcast of society avoided by everyone. Except Yeshua. Glory, 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 glory. So when we learn that about the leper from the Torah, it brings more meaning to the story of the leper in the New Testament. When the leper approached Yeshua and said, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. So we realize that if we understand that, we realize he wasn't just saying Yeshua, make me clean physically. He was saying, make me clean spiritually. Because in the Torah understanding of the leper, and we know this, this translates into the New Testament because when Yeshua did heal him, he said, go to the priest and, and, and do that function that's laid out in the Torah. So we know it was the same illness. So with that, we know if, if we can assume then, we can read between the lines and we can assume that this leper, when he was around, if he was doing what he was supposed to do, he had his, he had his mouth covered and his nose covered and he's walking around Israel going, unclean, 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 unclean. And this is the grace and, all right, here comes that passion. The, the pay, you're going to start to hear the pacing. But Yeshua came near to him. And this is where I want to go with this. Because this is somebody who all the religious people needed to keep away from. Oh, you're unclean? Oh, thanks for letting me know, pal. I'll stay over here. I'll go by the temple and do my baruch ataz All night long. But I have this vision of Yeshua seeing all the Baruch Atahs going on at the temple. And enjoying it. Ah. He inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But I tell you what. You want to grab 
the attention of the Messiah, of the Mashiach. Go in those moments where you're isolated and alone. When everybody's against you and nobody wants to be around you. And go, unclean. Go in those moments where you mess it up. Where the sin maybe that so easily besets you, beset you once again. And you're feeling down and you're feeling like a failure. And you just want to stay in your house and not even move. Just go unclean, unclean, unclean. I see Yeshua in the presence of all the baruchatahs at the temple. And in the distance he hears, unclean, 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 unclean. And as loud and glorious as the baruchatahs are over by the temple, it caught the ear of the king. And as he's there, even receiving the praise of those that are speaking amazing, wonderful prayers written by wonderful, godly people, he hears that distant cry. Nobody else heard it because he was alone. And Yeshua, his antenna is raised and his radar is attached to it. And he, by penny, starts to navigate all through the people. With their barakatas. And he has to get through them all. And they're all doing this holy thing. Barakatah Adonai. Eloheinu. Elohei Avoteinu. Elohei Avraham. And Yeshua is walking through them. Because he hears something in the distance. That attracts him like a fly to a light. And he's going to it. And he can't avoid it. He has to go there. And eventually this leper sees Yeshua in the distance. He says, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. And that's how I see it. Because as many times as we can look for revelation in the story of the leper. Father, I ask you right now to help me present the passion of my heart without clearing out this place. Because at the root of who this leper is, he's somebody that nobody wanted to be around. He's somebody that was legitimately, spiritually unclean. But Yeshua died for everyone. And Yeshua hears the cry of the unclean and approaches and heals and makes them clean. So how will they hear? And how will they see? So who are the lepers of today? Who are the lepers of today? Who are the ones that we don't want to be around? I'll let you answer that yourselves. Maybe it's the LGBTQ, ABC, one, two, three, maybe you and me girl. Movement. I don't know. Maybe it's those who are confused with their sexuality or confused with their gender identity. But the basic of the gospel is that the people that the religious people didn't want to be around, not just the leper, but the tax collector. 
Who, what, was the, what made the tax collector so impure to the people? I'm going to ask you. You tell me. What made them? They were corrupt. They were linked to the evil government of Rome. They were traitors. I remember the words of the Pharisee when the woman came and anointed him. And the Pharisees went, if Yeshua only knew who she was and the sinner that she is. If Yeshua only knew who she was. I have a hunch if there are people that come in here that fit into that mold. There'll be people in this hearing today that are going, if Rabbi Brian only knew what this person did or does, he wouldn't allow him or her or he, she <laughs> into this place. But the basic lesson of the gospel is Yeshua is able to reach them. And the problem with humanity is that we divide so easily and we do two extremes. This is what the people of God do. Most of the people of God. We either validate the sin. And we say that homosexuality is fine. And transgenderism is just fine. That's one extreme. And it's false. The other extreme is to eschew them. Avoid them altogether. Exclude them. Both are evil in the eyes of God. Yeshua has a way of reaching them. And maybe we don't. But this verse quickens me. How then are they to call on him in whom they've not believed? How are they to believe in him who they've not heard? And how are they to hear without a preacher? Amen. How are they going to hear it? Amen. It's very easy to stick them into the little box and the little bubble of people we politically disagree with or living a sinful life. And it's easy to put us in the little bubble of the holy people of God. Yeshua popped those bubbles. And don't get messed up in your head. He never validated the sin. It was always about the repentance. But it doesn't mean that we got to like slam these, you know, people who don't believe. It says that they need to hear. They need to hear. I was talking to Michelle the other day. And we'll lift up Michelle as reco she's recovering from her hand. And she goes... You know, the people are about to come into Mishkan. This place is going to be really packed up. I'm like, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. And then she said, if it's not packed up in four years, you're, you're released from your duty as rabbi. You can go. We'll get somebody else. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. So, <laughs> come on, everybody. I thought everybody's going to laugh at that. But anyway. Um, what if this place was packed up with people that we don't like? What if it was packed up with people that we don't agree with? What if it was people that packed up that didn't even believe in him yet? But the spirit of God can move. 
Do you understand that this is what it means? How are they going to hear without a preacher? Sometimes we just kind of got to get out of God's way. And it doesn't mean that we validate it. I've said this before. Like, I just can't stand how politics has divided us. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I've said this before. It's a little unrelated, but I'm not a big fan of the Black Lives Matter movement. Because, especially because of their stance towards Israel. But if there is a black person that needs to hear those words to know that I love them, I will say to their face, black lives matter a thousand, ten thousand times until they know that I love them. It doesn't mean that I'm aligned with a political movement. It doesn't mean I'm aligned with it. It means that you matter to me because you matter to God. And I don't give a crap if that, if that slogan has become politicized. I will put a sign. I won't do it, but I, maybe I will. I'll put a sign out there that says, homosexuals welcome in this place. And everybody's going to get upset because they're going to think that I'm validating the sin. That they got to get rid of the sin before they enter in. But that is not the way it goes. They need to receive the Lord. And then the Lord will deal with the sin. And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they hear without a preacher? Do you know how many preachers there are out there that are preaching other things? They're not silent. And it doesn't mean we need to bat them and hit them with the Bible. But I tell you, I, I don't know. When I think of this, I'm, again, like I, I, when I read the, when I read the, when I read the, the gospels and I read these accounts, kind of like the gospel account of the leper, when I, I just see the leper in the distance going unclean, I see Yeshua navigating through the barakatas. I don't know. This is what comes out, pops out of me when I read these gospel stories. And one of the things that pops out at me when I read the gospel stories of his Sermon on the Mount, I see the scum of the earth sitting around. I see all the people that, the, that religious people don't want in their presence. I see prisoners just hearing the kingdom of God, the mysteries and the realities and the love of the kingdom. People that are in, just in sin, just listening and absorbing and just getting and just receiving the washing from the word of God. I see just prostitutes and drug addicts, crack addicts, homeless, smelly people. Everybody smelled back in ancient Israel, you know. Sitting around, listening and receiving. And it's not an easy message because, you know, the 80-20 rule, I'm sure, applies here as much as I'm hearing applause. I guarantee that 80% of the people don't want smelly homeless people sitting in this place. And maybe 20 people do. Or 80% of people don't want unrepentant homosexuals sitting around here. I guarantee it. You know, we were, we were just reading about, um, about uh, I can say it out because it's public. You know, it's not like it's private. So there's a, a group called Maverick City Music. Right? We did one of their songs. It's an amazing song. Come and heal our land. But you say, if we turn from our wicked ways and humble ourselves and pray, seek, we seek your face, you give us grace, come have your way. I mean, it's an amazing song about repentance. I'm spitting all over the place. <laughs> Better put those masks on. No, I'm just kidding. It's an amazing song about repentance, about healing our land. 
and, and repenting in our, in our land. So now there's this thing like they're just, because if you go on their website and you sign up in like their newsletter, they'll ask you your gender. And it says, what would you choose your gender? Male, female, or non-binary. And like, and, and, it's, and when I first saw that, I'm like, why would they do that? Like, why would they validate that? Like, why would they allow that? And then Susie, even this morning, was reading, like, some other, you know, Christian people who were condemning that. And I totally get it because that was my reaction. But then I started to step back. I'm like, if, the, if we want non-binary people to enter into the door that think they're non-binary, like, how are we going to do that? I, I, I don't know the answer. I'm not saying they're doing anything right or doing anything wrong. I kind of lean towards it being wrong. Okay? But God died for them. And they need to understand that. And when they're quickened to the reality that Yeshua died for them, that his atonement covers them, they'll be saved. And the Spirit of God can work in them more than we can. We've got to understand that salvation happens first. Then we understand his ways. It's always been that way from the beginning. People came out of Egypt by salvation, the blood of the Lamb. That's where they marched at us out, you know, with salvation. They came out of Egypt they came out of Egypt with the blood of the lamb. They were saved. They didn't know anything about God's ways at that point. That's the order. Then they came to Sinai and they learned God's ways. That's the order. Salvation, and then you learn God's ways. You don't learn God's ways and then are saved. It doesn't work that way. So how does this, how does this relate to the Torah portion? Susie's been reminding me this week that this analogy is terrible. But I'm going to go there anyway. This is, the, this is the Torah portion where Moses, um, and how sad is it? Like, at the end of the journey, like it's been 40 years, and now it's the end of the journey, and it's time to go in, and he does something kind of silly and stupid, and he just, I guess the frustration level just kind of, you know, welled up. The frustration level welled up, right? And he just couldn't take it anymore. 40 years! Now all of a sudden he's upset! Every time something happened, he would go on his face and he would like, Lord, 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 forgive them, forgive them. Take me and not you. I'll give up my salvation for them. Take me out of your book. Like this is the heart of Moses. All of a sudden they got upset and they wanted water and now he's got the staff. And it was this, you know, and it was a setup because God says, go take your staff and speak to the rock. Like, Why did he do that? How about leave your staff behind and go speak to the rock? Go take your staff and speak to the rock. Right? So then he goes, and he's all bold and brazen, you know, and you stupid Israelites, you make me do this again. Whack. Right? And he loses, he loses his ability to enter into the kingdom. Now, Moses, I guarantee, is just rejoicing in the cloud of witnesses. Because it was ultimately God's plan not for Moses to enter into the promised land that way. Because it had to be his successor, Joshua. Joshua is the same Hebrew name as the Lord, Yeshua. Same Hebrew name. It couldn't have been Moses that brought him in because then it had because Moses represents law and doing things out of your own righteousness. It couldn't have been that. If Moses led them in, the one who epitomized law, then it would have been the law that got him in. It had, couldn't be that. It couldn't be that. So at the very end of his journey, he makes a stupid mess up. That's it, you're done. You're not going in, but Joshua goes in, and Moses in the cloud of witnesses going, I get it now, I get it now, I get it. It was never meant to be me anyway. It had to be the one who is greater than me, the one who comes after me. It had to be him. So anyway, so in this Torah portion, Moses, he hits the rock, and God says, you're not going in. You'll look at it from a distance, but you're not going to walk in. So we have hitting the rock. 
and we have speaking to the rock. Hitting the rock and speaking to the rock. Hitting the rock to me is like taking your Bible and pounding it on somebody's head who doesn't yet believe. And knocking them into submission where they believe. And apparently it works because water came out of the rock too. After they hit it, after we hit it. But God was looking for something more. God was looking something different. Maybe a little less aggressive, but far more powerful. Speak to the rock and water will come out. This is the analogy that doesn't work so well. This is the hour that God is asking us to learn to speak to the rock. The rock of the hardness of the people outside these words, these, these, these walls. Speak to that rock. Speak to the rock of sexual confusion. Speak to the rock of homosexuality. Speak to the rock of atheism. It doesn't have to be something that's been politicized. Speak to the rock of atheism, of scientific atheism. Whatever those rocks are that keep people from receiving because they're not hearing anybody preaching, speak to the rock. Speak to those rocks. Maybe the rock is in your family. Maybe it's something that I'm not even mentioning right now. Some hard place that's really hard to get into. Speak to the rock. Don't hit it. Speak to the rock. This is where Susie's like, yeah, but that's not really a good analogy because, you know, he hit the rock and water came out. And, we're not, you know, it's, it's, the, the hitting of the rock actually works, so I'm not even sure how this is really going to work. Just roll with me on it. <laughs> Speak to the rock. Yeah, and the rock is Yeshua. Like, you're not supposed to hit him again, so I don't even know what you're talking about here. But anyway, just roll with me here. The, the rock is hard places in society to reach. Hard places. Speak to the rock. How are they going to call on him in whom they have not believed? How? How are they to believe in him whom they have not heard? How sad is that? And how are they to hear without a preacher? Now, I may, be, I may carry the term of preacher because I'm here with a microphone on. But we all are. And we need to understand that. And there is a way for the Spirit of God to do that. So I just want to pray for the broken. The broken the modern-day lepers in society, the ones that are eschewed, avoided, homeless, drug-addicted. What's that? Oh, he said amen. Okay. I thought he said gay men. He said amen. Okay. <laughs> See, it's very close. This is, what I'm, this is the point. There is a spiritual dynamic of just hearing the word of God, of hearing it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. There is power, spiritual power in the just being around it, of just hearing it. I say, let him come to this place and let him just receive it. 
I mean, so many people, I mean, believers come to this place and they're like, I said, the love, the love, the love, the love, oy vey, the love, the love, the love, I love, I, I got invited to Lucille's barn after service. Nobody ever did that to me before. I got Elaine cooking for me. The love, the love, the love, oy, the love. Oh, Brian and Sue have a pool? The love, the love. And like everybody talks about the love, the love. And it is, I believe there's this spiritual fruit of love in this place and it's a spiritual thing and it goes beyond you know the lucille lunches and the lane dinners and the swimming is something amazing here but but let it be felt by those who don't know him yet and let him be able to come and just receive if there's an issue we'll deal with the issue we don't need somebody standing on and talking about you know gay pride we'll deal with the issues but let God deal with their issues. Come on. Let God deal with their issues. This is the basics. It really is the basics of the gospel. That Yeshua hung out with people that nobody else did. People that were avoided. People that were considered way too unclean and unholy. And I don't want to be in the camp of the Pharisees that went, man, if Yeshua knew who that girl was, he would not be with her. I don't want to be speaking that. I don't want to be thinking it. And sometimes I do think it, and I don't want to be thinking it. So I'm going to end. My, yes, I'm not going to end. <laughs> yeah? So we'll you'll have to explain what that means. You're going to have to explain it. Nobody's going to understand the unity in, in that, right? Okay. I'll do it because the Holy Spirit just said something. Let's, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it justice, Susie. Okay, I'll explain. Yeah, can you explain it? So it's like standing in the gap for other people, but he would also say that, um, let's say there's an altar call and they call people forward to pray. Like if you're homosexual, if you struggle with homosexual homosexuality, stand up and we will come and pray for you. And just so that that person doesn't feel like they're the only one. We would all stand up as representatives. Now you remember? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yes, unconditional love. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Amen. 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 See, when Yeshua, when God, when God came, and this is where Susie was going, when God came for the homosexual and said, the time of judgment is now. I'm coming to fulfill my just law. The time of punishment and judgment is now. Where are the homosexuals? Yeshua stood up and said, I am the homosexual. And when the Lord God said, it's time for justice for those who have committed fornication. 
for those for, the, for those for those who committed sexual sin my law says they have to die it's time for me to execute this judgment where are the fornicators yeshua stood up and said i am the reason some people are standing is because they have the revelation that yeshua is within them. That's why they're standing as I say this. So when God said, in my Torah, it says that men aren't supposed to wear women's clothes. And that's become normal in society now and celebrated. And it's time for my judgment to come. Where are those transgenders? Yeshua stood up and said, I am. Sure, always, always. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We'll do one more. Are there any other? Oh, hold on. Hold on. It says, thou shalt not murder. And then there are those who are seeking to commit suicide themselves and commit that sin upon themselves and some that have done it as well. And then God said, thou shalt not murder. That's my judgment. That's my law. I'm ready to execute that judgment. Where are those souls that committed suicide? And Yeshua stood up and said, I am. I'm the one who committed suicide. This is gospel basics. Prostitutes. Where are the prostitutes? I see a prostitute right here. Where are those who committed abortion? Thank you, Susie. That one is so pertinent today. That was so important. None of this condones the sin. None of it. None of it says the sin is not sin. None of it. None of it. None of it. Father, we ask for the broken in our society, the rocks, the hard, hard places to hear the preacher in this time. And if this is the place for them to hear it, we're available. Hineni. Got a couple of open seats here. Father, if you've seen this filled with people who don't yet know you and struggle with things that go up us sideways. Hineni, we're available, Father. And may the spirit of Yeshua rise up within us when they're in our midst. Thank you, Father. So I uh, put out a call. I don't know if anybody saw it, but on Facebook to bring your shofar if you have it. And now you know why I had you bring the shofar. I myself... Because I'm the one that has this passion and what it was brought forth. I have this passion and I'm going to go with it. I'm going to walk out that door. 
and I'm going to blow the shofar to invite, to welcome those who the Lord has seen come into this place, whether they disagree with us, whether we disagree with everything about what they stand for, so they can just hear. The Bible says, or said, <laughs> how can they hear without a preacher? I'm available to be the preacher, Father. I'm available to be the preacher. You gave me a microphone. I'm available to be the preacher for those who do not know. In this verse, in Romans 10, he's talking about the Jewish people that don't know. And that's another rock that we can also pray for. And another rock that we're going to blow the shofar over. Because that's what Romans 9 to 11 is exclusively about. It's about Paul's passion and zeal for his own people of the flesh, the Jewish people. That's what that's about. But it translates to all people who need to hear the preaching, meaning the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. I am going to go. Hmm? That's true. Yes, we are the voice of Yeshua. Thank you, Father. Yes, yes, Father. Yes, Father. Hallelujah. So I'm going to go out that door. And whoever wants to come and follow me, and whoever has a shofar, will blow the shofar together.